Hey, my OGs, and welcome back to the Identity Issues Podcast. I'm so happy that I was able to post this beginning of Feb and didn't leave it for another couple of months. Yes, I'm making progress. Procrastination is out the window. I'm trying my very best to stay consistent with posting, so this is a great first step. Starting this episode with a win. Oh, Hazel's curled up next to me. Sweetie pie, don't bite the cables. Today, we're going to have a deep conversation. I mean, when do we not? Well, it's not really a conversation. It's just me talking to myself in my bedroom. But I really do think that this topic that I'm going to be touching on isn't talked enough about. Isn't talked about enough. Oh my God, my dyslexic brain. Listen, it's 2024. We're diving deep and we're going to be open and candid with each other, asking more inquisitive questions about life and ourselves. But before I get into that, I just want to say that I started this podcast so that people can feel less alone and to also instill hope and motivation to transform your life. When we have hope, we have a renewed sense of purpose and the belief in our abilities to achieve our desired goals. I hope that I am doing my part in making you feel seen and heard. I'm always going to remind you that you have the power to transform your whole life and be happy. Well, I don't know what compelled me to get all sentimental, but I'm just going to roll with it. (laughs) But it's important for me to say this because the fact that you're here listening to me and you're wanting to change your life and you're actually doing the work to lead a better life is so inspiring. Because even though I'm sharing some of my knowledge with you, I'm still a student in life and I always will be. And I can only share with you what I've learned so far. So grab your coffee or tea or matcha, that's become a thing these days, and go on your walk or go about your day and let's dive in. We're starting this episode on a more thoughtful note. I really want to share with you that last year for me was really fucking rocky. (laughs) I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. When I looked back on my year as a whole, I realized I wasn't the happiest. I was riddled with stress and anxiety, and I may have mentioned this in previous episodes, but that was the reality of what I was going through. 2023 was a tough year for me emotionally, physically, and spiritually. There were so many changes going on in my life, which is why I slacked on my podcast, because I had a period where I lacked belief in my abilities, and that really held me back. Okay, I'm being a bit dramatic. It wasn't all bad. I had some amazing wins, but I found it difficult to get out of this negative mindset that I was stuck in. And that was truly disheartening for me because I pride myself in being an optimistic person who leans into gratitude. I wouldn't say 2023 was a bad year per se. It was just a year of learning more about myself and overcoming obstacles. I've actually heard many people describe 2023 that way as well, so it feels good to be less alone in that sentiment. There's also this renewed sense of positivity going around since starting the new year, and I've heard three people in passing say recently that 2024 is going to be a great year, there's just something in the air about it, and I feel it too. I know it's going to be a fabulous year, and I'm speaking it out into existence. I mean, uh, let's just pretend I didn't say that at the beginning of 2023, because 2024 is bringing different energy. (laughs) I love how we just 
talk ourselves into it being a great year at the beginning of the year and then when one thing goes wrong we're like this is going to be a shit year um but no we're being positive we're sticking to that thought it's going to be a great year a thought actually hit me towards the end of 2023 when i was asking myself why last year kind of sucked a little I was really taking the time to explore my emotions and reflect on the year as a whole and see what I could do differently in the new year to be happier and how I could handle certain situations better and be less anxious and how to turn a bad day into a good day. Because I, along with many other people on the planet, label a day as a bad day when one thing goes wrong and we put all of our energy into that one thing that poo-pooed our day. We're not doing that this year. I decided to remind myself of all the wins of 2023 and I initially thought literally nothing happened. But as I started writing, it didn't matter how big or small, the list just kept on adding up and looking at this long list of positive events that took place, I realized that it wasn't all bad and there were moments that truly made me happy. I also had wished that I had appreciated certain moments more and not allowed the things that were going wrong in my life take precedence. So the question I want to ask is, what is happiness to you? How do you define happiness? Because it's defined differently on who you ask. My happiness isn't the same to yours or to the next person. Some might describe it as a positive emotional experience, or some might define it as having a deeper sense of meaning and purpose in life, which brings them happiness. If I look up the meaning of happiness in the dictionary, it literally says, happiness is a state, not a trait. In other words, it isn't a long lasting permanent feature or personality trait, but more a fleeting changeable state. This isn't the official meaning of happiness, by the way, there's a deeper meaning to it. In fact, the definition of happiness isn't a settled debate. I believe the reason why that is, is because happiness is so unique to everyone in this world, because we all have different wants and desires, which is why happiness is such a personal journey, because in the end, people can't make you happy, but you have the power to make yourself happy. Now, hold on a second. That sentence might sound a little controversial because one might say that the love of their life makes them happy. But hear me out. People who we love can bring so much joy into our lives, but they can't make us happy all the time because happiness is an individual sport. The same person you love so much also brings you stress and all the other things that comes with a healthy relationship. You're never going to be constantly happy all the time and a person cannot make you happy. When we speak about happiness, it's spoken a lot in future tense. Now, this is where I went wrong last year, and I'm realizing that now after doing a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of inner work, my thought process was, if I book that job, I'll be happy. I won't have to ask the universe for anything else. Everything will fall into place, and that's all I want that will fulfill me. Which was a wrong mindset to have, and I came to the conclusion that I wasted so much time not enjoying the present moment, and that was what was really holding me back from having fun. So I was basically going through my days on autopilot until I'd reached my final destination and I thought when that day comes along, then that'll bring me happiness. Another scenario for you, and I can't tell you the amount of times I've heard girlfriends, including myself when I was single, say, if I found the right person, I'd be so happy. 
I hate to break it to you, but happiness doesn't come from circumstances. Happiness, like it says in the dictionary, is a state of being. It's being content with who you are in this present moment and what you do have right now that brings you happiness. It has absolutely nothing to do with anyone else but you. Screw chasing for someone's approval of you, validation, or love, because the more you chase happiness, the more it'll run away from you. I remember when I wanted to fit in at school and all I wanted was to be accepted. That was just my main goal, just to be accepted. I thought, right, I can't be accepted for who I am because that's not working out for me. If I acted a different way or looked a certain way that seemed cool to my peers, then they'll accept me and that will bring me happiness. It did the complete opposite because the whole time I was chasing acceptance, what I really needed was to accept myself. Happiness is hard work, let's, let's be honest here, especially when we're feeling really shit about life. However, it's work that no one else can do for you but you. I want to debunk some happiness myths for you and then we'll get to the good stuff. Here's what I discovered through my research. Let's dive in. The first one is money can't buy happiness. Well, it can for me. Okay, but in all seriousness, this is a complicated one according to Robert Waldinger, who is a psychiatrist and co-author of the book, The Good Life, Lessons from the World's Longest Scientific Study of Happiness. I haven't read it yet, but a good one to add to the list. The topic of can money buy happiness is debatable in the research community. There was a study done in 2010 by Princeton University professors and apologies if I totally butcher their names, Daniel Kahneman and Angus Deaton, and they discovered that one's day-to-day -day happiness leveled up when their annual income increased, but only up to a certain point. They found in their study that going over 75k annually made happiness plateau and making more money didn't increase your happiness. This finding also relates to those who live in big cities, like big expensive cities like New York, London, where the cost of living is really high. The professors were unsure as to why that was, but the data showed that even living in expensive cities, making more than 75k a year didn't equal to more happiness. Their theory was that 75k was enough to have your basic needs met and still lead emotionally rich, sociable and enriching lives. Dr. Deaton said, and I quote, No matter where you live, your emotional well-being is as good as it's going to get at 75k. And money is not going to make it any better beyond that point. It's like you hit some sort of ceiling and you can't get emotional well-being much higher just by having more money. However, there was another study that contradicted this finding, and this other study was conducted by Matthew Killingsworth at the University of Pennsylvania. And he discovered that in fact, happiness did increase at a steady rate when one's income went well over 75K annually without it leveling off. They both ended up teaming together in the hopes of solving the scientific dispute. Their findings had drawn contrasting conclusions, so they embarked on an adversarial collaboration where they joined forces with university professor Barbara Mellers as the impartial third-party facilitator. Wow, that was a mouthful. <laughs> so what did they end up finding in their new study? 
They observed two groups of people measuring their happiness through an app that Killingsworth created called Track Your Happiness. So the participants, participants, why does this always happen? I don't know if it's a dyslexic thing, but anyways, we're moving forward. So the participants were instructed to log in their feelings throughout the day. Killingsworth said in an email that they gain the data from repeatedly pinging people at random timed moments during daily life and asked about their happiness at that moment in real time. When the participants were asked how they were feeling in that moment, they had to rate their feelings on a scale from very bad to very good. This study did draw two big conclusions. Those who were generally happy continued to feel happier when their wealth increased. However, the sadder participants felt positive and happier when their income increased but only up to a certain point. When their annual income hit 100k, then they plateaued. Killingsworth, in his own words, concluded that if you're rich and miserable, more money won't help. For everyone else, more money was associated with higher happiness to somewhat varying degrees. Adding to this, he said, Money isn't the secret to happiness, but it could probably help a bit. <laughs> and I actually agree with this statement. I don't think money can solely bring happiness, but if you're having a bad day and you have the luxury to, say, get your nails done or go to the cinema or have a lovely meal with friends somewhere fancy, not even fancy, just somewhere nice, it definitely does help a bit. Myth number two. When you become insanely successful, then you'll be happy. Which was a mindset I had for the longest time, suffer now and reap the rewards later, that old chestnut. This usually correlates to those who are very ambitious and their identity is so intertwined with their career and level of success they want to attain. If we change the way we go through life, meaning we decide to find gratitude and happiness with what we have, we're more likely to attract success, which is essentially the law of attraction. Now, this is not to say no work has to be done and it will magically appear. But it's like I said in my previous episode, if you haven't listened to it, I highly recommend it. You have to see yourself where you're at in this present moment and be happy with where you are because we're all guilty of saying, when I get so-and-so, I'll be happy. Which means we have to delay our happiness on a future outcome. Dr. Pert actually has a book on this called Future Proofed, How to Navigate Disruptive Change, Find Calm in Chaos and Succeed in Work and Life, which I personally haven't read yet, but I need to get my hands on it. So a little bit about Dr. Natalia Pert. She is a clinical psychologist who spent over 25 years helping people and organizations achieve professional and personal success. This is what she had to say about delaying your happiness and how to shift your mindset in order to be happy. To cure I'll be happy when syndrome, we must start seeing success as a lifestyle, not a destination, so that you can finally be happy now, wherever you are in life. She also has this one line that really stuck out to me because my whole life and career path is very unpredictable and uncertain. And she says, you have to be able to walk in uncertainty. That is so powerful and very, very true. And I do think this applies to anyone, no matter what profession you're in. Life is always going to be unpredictable. Myth number three. 
In order to lead an amazing life, we have to reject negative emotions. Now this is full of shit, and I'm gonna tell you why. I know no one likes feeling negative emotions. We all hate it. We want to run far away from it as possible. And me being the feeling type, I am very sensitive. I know the feeling all too well. And when I had negative feelings in the past, I would try to shove them to the side and put on this happy face. And I realized that was toxic positivity. But now I've learned the importance of honoring your feelings and I lean into that discomfort because all these different feelings and emotions we go through makes us human, which is why I'm an actor. I Have you ever seen a character in a movie stay on one emotion for the whole duration of the film? And if they did, it wouldn't be that interesting. You wouldn't be able to relate to them at all on a human level. We do live in a feel-good society where we're so fixated on finding happiness. If you go on TikTok, you'll find unlimited videos of people telling you how to be positive, live your best life, and how to manifest, which is all great, but to an extent. It would be so romantic of me to say that we can live in a world where we completely eliminate our negative feelings. Nice, but not reality. The reason why it's good to have unpleasant emotions sometimes is because the thing we value the most in our lives will most often than not bring about a wide range of different emotions, positive and negative ones. For example, you're working at your dream job that brings out your creative side, makes you feel motivated and it brings you joy. But on the flip side, it comes with stress, anxiety and even anger and frustration. On to myth number four. If you're not happy, then something must be wrong with you. This kind of links in with the previous myth that I just mentioned. Sometimes we think that we have nothing that we should be sad or upset about, yet we are. Something in our lives just isn't clicking and we're unhappy, so we immediately jump to the conclusion that it's our fault. We must be defective. We must be the ones who can't seem to manifest anything because we're the outcasts. The truth of the matter is, you're not always going to be happy in life, which is absolutely normal. Even if it seems as though from the outside world that you have it all, being human is difficult and going through life can be very challenging, especially when our minds come into play as well because that gets us all caught up. There's a lot of shame around mental suffering in Western society that puts pressure on us to feel as though we have to project and prove to the world that we're thriving and happy all the time. This can be so exhausting and if our natural state isn't happy-go-lucky 24-7, we instantly criticize ourselves for being weak or stupid. It's all part of the human design to experience pain, sadness, and all those uncomfortable emotions and that doesn't mean we're defective. Only human. Okay, those were some of the myths and believe me, there are way more where that came from, but I'd like to move on to the good stuff because I think you get the picture here. This is how you can be happier today. I challenge you to try at least one thing from what I'll be sharing. Let's, that was a very sassy ending to that sentence, sharing. Okay, moving on, let's dive in. <music> 
this first one that I'm going to share is something that I've started doing, and I don't know why, but it's kind of made me feel great. Give genuine compliments, even if it's small. And you can only do this one with sincerity. It can't be one of those off the cuff type of things. You have to mean it. And you have no idea the impact it can make to someone's day when you compliment their work ethic, attitude, smile, anything that you can find truly great about that person. For example, and this was a small compliment, I went to this new cafe twice because I switched from oat milk to cashew milk. And the reason for this is because I was told oat milk is really bad for you and it spikes your blood sugar levels and it has a ton of bad things for you, which is very depressing because I do love oat milk. First world problems, anyways. This was the only place that does great flat whites with cashew milk. So I did go two mornings in a row before going on my dog walk and the barista said, good morning, glad to see you back again. And I responded by saying in a playful way, I just couldn't resist, you make the best coffee. And she gave me the biggest smile. I know it's a small compliment, but I think we take for granted how much that means to a person. And it makes people feel seen when you give a genuine compliment to them. And there's science behind giving compliments as well. Being kind actually boosts serotonin and dopamine, which makes the reward center of your brain light up. The next one is take care of your body. And whilst I have you on that note, I'd like to share with you a supplement that I personally love taking every day. I actually look forward to having them because they're so delicious and I know it's contributing to greater health benefits for my body. Zookies are clinically proven to deliver better absorption than regular supplements. Why, you may ask? Certain supplements don't work because most of the nutrients gets destroyed before reaching our cells. This is because the acid in our stomach is destructive, but the reason for this is to protect the body from bacteria that could cause harm. The great thing about Zuki liposomes is that it creates a protective shield when entering the digestive system, which means the nutrients can make its way through the small intestines after the food has been broken down. Once it makes its way through the harsh conditions of the digestive system, it can then be absorbed effectively into the bloodstream. Threw in a bit of science for you. They honestly bring the joy in taking supplements because they come in so many different flavors and it honestly feels like yogurt in a pouch to me and it offers such a punchy kick to start your day off. My favorite flavor is the raspberry one. I could have five of those all in one go. It's so yummy, but one is more than enough. On the topic of happiness, I wanna bring you joy today and upgrade your supplement game by sharing my discount code ZukiNaomi20 and you can use this on your first order. Trust me, it's a game changer. Now that's one way to take care of your body. Here are some other ways. I know I keep going on about this, but moving is such a great way to be kind to your body. Ever since I got a dog, I've been doing over 20K steps a day. And I know I walked a lot before I had a dog, but I used to just go out in the morning for a couple of hours. And then when the afternoon rolled around, I would just stay at home and be completely zonked because I had no reason to go outside. Now with Hazel, I'm out early in the morning, again in the afternoon, and once more at night. And at first, I really didn't enjoy it. But after a while, it made me feel so accomplished and uplifted. 
Walking allowed me to explore new paths, change up my coffee spots so that every morning outing was different. And Hazel's honestly made me more friends because she's such a great icebreaker. Also, something new I started was smiling to people you walk past, not in a creepy way, but you know what I mean. I had a woman smile at me the other day in a friendly way, and it was so nice because you really don't get that in London. People are just stressed and aggy, especially on the tube, but just smiling at someone and exchanging unspoken kindness really changes your mood. Aside from that, I also want you to ask yourself this. What does self-care mean to you? Because again, this holds a different meaning for everyone. Maybe it's reading a great book in the bath with some candles lit, or taking a power nap, or having a day allocated where you have absolutely no commitments. Write a list of self-care activities that brings you joy and commit to making time for them. Learning to unwind and taking the time to nurture your body is so, so important. This last one is my absolute favorite, and I'm going to tell you why. Along with many other people out there, I have found myself in the depths of despair. However, once I've cried it all out and I'm ready to let whatever setback go, I find ways to bounce back. First of all, never listen to sad songs. They're not encouraging, they're not uplifting, and they're not going to do anything for you. And they always say after a breakup, don't listen to sad music because you'll just stay stuck in your feels. Create a playlist that makes you feel on top of the world. Music holds so much power. And one of my favorite songs to listen to when I'm feeling down is I'm on top of the world by Imagine Dragons, which is why I labeled the playlist that. Okay, I'm going to keep banging on about this one until you actually do it, but meditate. It's such a game changer, I can't even tell you. I have two meditations I actually do, both are on YouTube. One is the Bob Proctor meditation. I've added the name of it in this just in the description. And the second one is a new one that I stumbled upon, upon, across, on, I stumbled on. Oh my God, at this rate, we're gonna be here forever. It's a new meditation called Quantum Leap Into Your Dream Reality. Try them out, you won't regret it, I swear. I also want you to lean into curiosity during this time when you're renewing your energy because we tend to judge ourselves and our setbacks and we ask ourselves, why me? What did I do to deserve this? When in fact, this disappointment was exactly what you needed to maybe figure out how to handle the same situation more effectively in the future. Life will always throw lessons at us. We just have to be w more willing to learn and grow rather than blame the world for what's happened to us. I love watching people reignite that fire and rise above a downfall because when you hit rock bottom, the only way is back up. So when you fall, get back up and try again because there's always light at the end of the tunnel. And that's a wrap on cultivating happiness. I hope this episode has given you some inspiration and motivation to find ways that will benefit you to lead a happier life. Remember, happiness isn't a destination. You can't reach it and stay there forever. Happiness is something that will require consistent nurturing. Work on building a life that brings you happiness, surround yourself with great people, and do things that make you feel fulfilled. I forgot to love you and leave you with an affirmation last week. Apologies for that. So I'm going to do that now before I forget. The affirmation is, 
When I choose to view my life through the lens of gratitude, more beautiful experiences flow into my life to be grateful for. Until next time.